We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. on KFH, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing for you on this Tuesday. Glad to be with you. You can always get in touch with the program, 869-1240. You can find us on social media. Twitter's probably the easiest way. Uh, Tommy and I both there, easy to find. Uh, We appreciate everybody tuning in to us here. What's on tap today? Well, we've got some NFL football. Tom Brady does it again. We'll talk about that. The wind surge have new ownership. The voice of the, uh, not the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, but the executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel, will join us coming up as well a little bit later on in the show. We've got some college basketball to look ahead to. A lot on tap tonight. Tommy, welcome in. Happy Tuesday. Yeah, good to talk to you today, Jacob. We've got a lot to get to on the show today. Of course, Monday night football last night. Tom Brady does it again, and it's like a broken record. It happens all the time does it again looking forward to talking about it today uh it's just wild it is absolutely wild the man doesn't stop his insanity never ends that game they look dead in the water and then all of a sudden in the final three minutes he puts up all the points two touchdowns unbelievable they go back and beat the saints uh how good to- i mean just like at the surface with this year for tom brady playing out the way that it has how good do you think that felt last night? I mean, come on. That's got to be like top top 10 probably good feelings over his incredible career. Yeah, I mean, you made that comment a couple of weeks ago that you really felt like he was going to limp his way into the playoffs mm-hmm. and then go on a run and win some playoff games. And all of a sudden, Tom Brady's doing what Tom Brady's doing. And, you know, the Bucks are 6-6 six and six in a bad division. They remain in first place in that division. And uh, it looks like your prophecy is uh, at least starting to come true. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're going to win any playoff games. But who in their right mind wants to see Tom Brady right now at any point in a big game? I mean, they looked dead last night Tommy dead they were dead that game was garbage they couldn't do anything 
And then all of a sudden, there they are. You cannot leave him any opportunity in the game. We've seen this now for, what, 25 years? That that's going to get you killed. And there's Tom Brady right there at the end. Makes a couple of big plays. They even had one called back. No big deal. We'll go get it anyway. And they do. And just, I love it. I never want it to end. Look, I get it. I know there's a lot of Brady haters out there. But at this point, like, why would you ever want to see this end? It's incredible. Even if you hate him, it's incredible. It makes it so much fun. Even if you're just trying to root against him, it's incredible. Right? Yeah. I, we don't ever want to see this go away. I'm not a Tom Brady hater. Like I can I'm respect I can respect what he does. I don't particularly like him. I think he's obnoxious. I think he's annoying. Uh and the longer that he plays, the more obnoxious and annoying I feel like he gets. But I can certainly respect the fact that he's the greatest of all time. I can respect the fact that he can go out there and get it done left and right. Um, and, and, you know, of course, I, I'm at the point now, I think a lot of people probably are, where um, I don't know if you would call them Brady haters, but they're certainly, like, not really rooting for him, kind of like, all right, let's 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 go ahead and put him out to pasture a little bit. Uh, but that's not happening. He's 45 years old. He looks like he could play for another several years. And I thought that this game was interesting for Tom Brady because he has had such a terrible time playing against the Saints in his Bucks career. And it looked like this was going to be just another example of New Orleans having his number. Uh, and he ultimately put the game, put the team on his shoulders, went out there, and, and he was able to lead his team to a victory. So that's what Tom Brady does. That's what he's done his entire career. And it doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, their problem all year has been on the line. They can't run the ball effectively, and that's hurt. I mean, they don't, you don't want Tom Brady, really, you don't want any quarterback throwing it 54 times in a game, let alone a 45 year old quarterback. I don't care how good he is. It's just not the way to go, but they can't run the ball, and they've had all these offensive line injuries. I mean, I get it. It's very clear, and we knew this coming into the season that they, their offensive line was going to be a problem. What have they lost now? Four starters, I think, along that line. I think it's four. Um, and they just can't run the ball. So th that's been their problem. But in that division, it's like they've been gifted this opportunity. Perhaps if their defense can play up to its capability, which I still think can be pretty high. And Tom Brady at quarterback with the weapons they have. I mean, you just never know in the postseason. And, and they're going to get in. And God, I'd hate to be the team that has to play them in the first round. And I don't know who that's going to be. But... I'd hate for it to be me because we've seen this story time and time again, even in a few of the Patriots years where they had injuries or, I mean, I remember you got to go back like 15 years now at this point when people were saying, Oh, Tom Brady's done. The Patriots are done. And they just never were. This is as close to done. I think as we've seen him in reality this year, but it's not because of him, right? It's because of, you know, the issues on that team. My goodness though, they're going to get in. They have all kinds of talent. Mike Evans, yeah. Chris Godwin. I mean, they've got they've got dudes. I, well, I just let's, don't. Let's also look at uh, the the potential playoff picture right now. So they have the lead in the NFC South, uh, which is the weakest division in that conference. So right now, and I'm just going to lay this out there, crystal ball it for a second. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Jacob, for you. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. But it looks like the Bucks more than likely will be the four seed. Wouldn't uh -huh. shock me. They would probably end up taking on what? The top wild card seed 
uh-huh. could that be the Cowboys? Are we talking Most about likely. the Cowboys and the Bucks in the first Most round of the playoffs? Likely. Rematch. I wouldn't. This time I in wouldn't. Tampa. Wa- yeah, I wouldn't want to be the Cowboys taking on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I mean, I know that the Cowboys had that elite defense, and you know they all they did was hang fifty four on the Colts on Sunday Night Football. But man, that would be an epic matchup for sure. One other point that I want to make here is that. We talked about how anemic the Tampa Bay offense was throughout that entire game. They barely had a pulse at all until Brady led that that drive or those couple drives to get them back into the game in the fourth quarter. Why not just let Tom Brady go out there and do his thing at the start of the game as opposed to waiting until the very end? I mean, the two-minute drill, that was when the, the offense looked the best. The rest of the game plan didn't work. So I don't know if that's a Byron Leftwich thing, you know, calling the plays, but maybe you just let Tom Brady go out there and do his thing from the beginning, and maybe that offense would look significantly better. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they'll do, but they'll play probably good defense. Like for the Cowboys, for instance, who want to run the ball. Tampa still pl- run, plays you know, defends the run extremely well. Alvin Kamara had 12 carries for 26 yards last night. The Saints were dead in the water trying to run the ball. That's what Tampa's done now for, what, four years. That's a bad matchup for Dallas. It just is. And so, you know, I I don't know. I I would still, at this point in the season and where they are, Dallas would be favored and all of these things, but it's a bad matchup. And if, if, you know, you get into that time of year and teams that, you know, can – run the ball and defend the run well, which Tampa can't run the ball. And that's going to be their problem, I think. But it's fine. And and here's the stupidity and the absurdity of what we're even talking about right now. Tampa looked awful for, for 57 minutes of that game last night, right? Like they, until the final three minutes, they were yep. dead. Yep. So I, I, it's so bizarre to even be having this conversation like, oh, Dallas – needs to be concerned if they play Tampa and the for Tampa didn't score any points until the end of the very end of the game. I mean, they had what well, they had a field goal, but come on, like what, what this is crazy, but it's well, that's true. why I'm advocating for like, if, if Tampa Bay wants to be the best version of themselves, give the keys entirely to Tom Brady and let him go out there and do his thing. I mean, uh, like I said, that the two minute drill or the four minute drill, whatever those final two drives worked significantly well for the bucks. That was their best offense of the entire game, presumably you would think with Tom Brady out there calling the plays, basically directing everybody, wasn't sitting back in the first three quarters and, you know, letting like he did in the first three quarters and letting Byron Leftwich call the plays and all that. Tom Brady is the GOAT, right? And so let him go out there and cook and do his thing from the start of the game. And I guarantee you that offense would be significantly better. Here's a stat for you. That is just mind blowing. The Buccaneers had a 0.7% win possibility with five minutes and 34 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter, 0.7% win possibility. That would mean if my math is correct, the saints had a 99.3% chance Mm -hmm. of winning that game with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That was the fourth largest comeback according to win probability in the next gen era. That's Tom Brady for you. That's what he does. That's what he does. And and you could kind of feel it maybe coming, especially after the first touchdown. Like, mm, they're going to have a chance here. I, I don't think they can just come out and sling it and let him cook, quote-unquote, though, because they kind of did that. He threw it 54 times last night. I don't know how many more times he can throw the ball. I mean, 54 passes. He's going to throw 70. I, I just don't know what else they can do other than try to figure out a way to run the football. 
And I thought Rashad White would be that. I thought Rashad White would, you know, burst some energy into that for them, but he wasn't effective at all last night either. So, I mean, it is what it is. They're they're going to have to just sort of back their way in, I think. I don't think – what I don't think is going to happen with Tampa is all of a sudden they're going to get white hot, score a ton of points, and win a bunch of games down the stretch. I don't think that's going to happen. You don't think, I think so? Because I think they No, can. I think what will happen is this, right? They'll They'll scratch and claw. They'll kind of stay alive. They're in the lead right now. They get, you know, they go to San Francisco. Then they host Cincinnati. Then they go to Arizona. Then they host Carolina and they go to Atlanta. I mean, they're probably winning two, maybe three of those games. But that's going to be good enough in that division. I mean, I don't think they're going to come in like a, you know, like a a meteor, like a comet just exploding with it. No, I think they're going to sort of limp in. And be just as dangerous if they limped in yeah. as if they were red hot coming in. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they will win the NFC South. I mean, their closest challenger is Atlanta at five and eight. And I'm sorry, Atlanta, they're not winning out. It's just it's not going to happen. And, you know, I've seen speculation that Desmond Ritter, they, they could go ahead and turn the keys over to him in Atlanta. So I, they're not they're not winning out. The Saints needed that game to keep pace. Yep. Uh, but yep. that basically eliminated them also. Um, not not uh, statistically, but but I mean, for all intents and purposes, eliminated them from the from the division race. And then we know the Panthers aren't going anywhere either. So the Bucks are making the playoffs. They are winning their division. It's as simple as that. And I'm sorry, I don't care who the Bucks are facing uh, in the first round of the playoffs. If it's Dallas or somebody else there, they are anytime you've got Tom Brady in the playoffs. It's going to be a significantly dangerous matchup. Right, they need Tampa's going to be in trouble when they face just a high octane passing game, and we'll see that when they play Cincinnati. We'll probably get a little preview of that, where they're just because their their pass defense isn't nearly what their run defense is, but it doesn't, you know, it, it's but it's Brady, it's Brady, and I yep. cannot believe that we're still doing this now at forty five, and I'm fascinated by it. I know that we'll never see it again. It just doesn't happen. So the, you know, the chances of it happening again seem like like zero point zero percent chance, it's it's remarkable. Yeah, and and look, here's another storyline for you. Uh, it wouldn't shock me one bit, knowing the kind of mentality that Tom Brady has, that games like what we saw last night, all that does is fuel the fire and motivate him to play more and to play longer. Oh, I don't think he's you know, done it, after this year. I don't. Well, but I was, but I I had a thought that when things were really bad for the Bucks. And, you know, they were limping their way along. They weren't winning football games. There was visible frustration. He's throwing his tablets and he's screaming at his teammates and things like that. That, I mean, maybe deep down in the back of his mind, maybe something that he would never say publicly, he's thinking, all right, I think I'm done. Like, this is not worth it. Is the juice worth the squeeze at this point? And I, I don't think that that's, that's wrong of him, you know, to think that during that time. But games like what we saw last night, the fact that they lead the division, the fact that they've got themselves a path to the playoffs, uh, I think that just reinvigorates and re-motivates and re-energizes a guy like Tom Brady to play for quite a bit longer. I don't think he's done. I, I think he wouldn't go through all of this in his personal life if he was going to be. The only thing is he's got, what, $40 million a year sitting on the table at Fox just waiting on him. Uh, but I also think he's aware of... He's too smart to not be aware of the issues they have and why they have them. Yes, he can get frustrated. 
but he's been in this league long enough to know that when you lose four offensive linemen, you're kind of screwed. Um, and, and they've had to limp through that and try and play through that. And they're going to have to keep doing it. And but that doesn't mean they'll have to necessarily do it next year. I mean, if you don't think that impacts a team, go look at the Rams this year, right? Like, if you don't think that impacts a team, go look at the Cowboys when they went down a couple linemen early. Like, it it doesn't matter who you are. If you start falling and going down offensive linemen, you're screwed in this league. And they have been, but they're playing through it, and they're figuring it out, and they're going to win the division despite it. Um, whether they can run the ball enough to to really make a push, I don't know. I mean, they haven't so far, and I don't know. And I don't know the status of all those linemen off the top of my head to know if any of them are coming back. But that's what would be the key for them to be any sort of real contender is to to try to run the ball and, and do it more effectively than they have. But, man, what a great in, – in a dud, we got a great ending. And thanks, Tom, again for doing it and giving us this again because it never gets old. 869-1240 if you want to chime in. On Tom Brady's uh, three minutes of glory last night, you can do that. Uh, 869-1240 is the number. So we got a couple of giveaways today. Um, Let's do this now. So here's a really cool one. We've got some more movie tickets to give away. Uh, Let's give away a four-pack, Jad. Let's do it. So you can call right now to win uh, four tickets to Disney's Avatar, The Way of the Water. That's at Boulevard Theaters in Town West Square this Thursday that's December uh, – that's not this Thursday, sorry. That's December 15th, December 15th at 7 o'clock. Uh, so get ready for that. Avatar fans, this should be a pretty cool one again. Call right now. Jad will get us hooked up with a four-pack of winners. We'll come back. We'll have another giveaway later in the show as well. Sports Daily rolls on on a Tuesday. Basketball fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first basket score prop bet on any NBA game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Turn game time into showtime with BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in Kansas to bet. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, welcome in, everybody. Oh, man. Tommy, what do we think? about the Wichita wind surge selling. Uh, so that news coming out yesterday. The surge announced that they're going to have new ownership now, uh, selling to a group that uh, has a lot of experience in that realm, owning and operating these teams. Um, this is pretty big news, I think. And Wichita deserves it. Wichita deserves a great and amazing summer pastime. We ponied up to build the new stadium. 
And I think, Tommy, that uh, some of the buzz has been muffled a little bit over the first two seasons. And I hope that that energy is restored as it was right out of the gates. Um, I have messaged with people I know in the industry who are, you know, with some other organizations and things. And I've, I've kind of been told basically Wichita should be really excited about this new group coming in. Uh, they're very aggressive. They want to do big things. They're a really good group. And I hope that that's the case because, you know, the, the big, beautiful downtown ballpark needs to be a centerpiece for this city. That's what it was billed as. That's what, you know, we're supposed to have. We're supposed to have all the development around the ballpark. And that's been a, a dicey situation to say the least. And it's time to get it right, make it right, and let's get what we paid for. Yeah, there have been uh, quite a few broken promises, I think, over the last couple of years. Some of that, uh, I think, is out of everybody's hands. Sure. I mean, I want to be fair about that. Sure. You know, you've got COVID that, you know, came in and disrupted the opening season of Wind Surge Baseball. Then you had the entire reshuffling of minor league baseball, and they went from a triple-A team to a double-A team. That's really out of everybody's control. Of course, the death of Lou Schweckheimer was tragic, and, um, you know, that was really terrible timing also. And, um, you know, he was the, the visionary behind uh, this team coming to Wichita and Riverfront Stadium. So there were some things that, you know, were out of everybody's control. So I want to be fair about that. But overall, uh, it's been really hit and miss the first couple of years. Now, uh, the, the stadium is beautiful. I think anybody who has ever stepped foot inside Riverfront Stadium could tell you that and would say, yeah, this is a state-of-the-art, beautiful ballpark in the center of the city, uh, and it absolutely should be the centerpiece of this community, and it should be used all the time. You know, for things outside of baseball, it should be used frequently and for a lot of different reasons. And so hopefully that happens with this new ownership group. But I feel like the community, the fans, the people that, uh, you know, spearheaded bringing this team to Wichita and really wanted to have affiliated baseball back in Wichita, they deserve to have an ownership group that will come in and actually fulfill the potential uh, that everybody was kind of sold when this whole thing came about several years ago. Yeah, I mean, look, I am not typically an advocate of a large amount of public dollars going to these kinds of projects unless it's going to make the city better, right? If it's an investment that spurs economic growth, then I'm all for it. Case in point, the Royals. If they asked for public dollars to build that downtown ballpark, that would be a scenario where I would be okay with ponying up the public dollars to do it because I think it elevates Kansas City to a level of some other big-time cities in this country to have that. So, yes, if the Kansas City Chiefs came across the border and said, we want to build in Kansas, in Kansas a new football stadium and, and operate out of Kansas, but we want the state of Kansas to pay for it, that would be a situation where I'd say, tell me where to sign, right? Because it would become the greatest economic output, essentially, in the state of Kansas. Like, there are situations where you want to be aggressive. There are some where you don't. The city of San Diego, they dug their heels in on a new stadium where Qualcomm was, and they wanted to, and they said, no, like, it's not, we don't need to do that. And, and that's fine. And I thought they were probably right. And we're seeing some of that go away. New stadiums in L.A. and new stadium in Denver, those are both going to be privately financed. 
Um, a lot of what the Royals will do at their downtown ballpark will be privately financed. So that trend is going away, and it's simple. I mean, if you've got all this money in the world, why wouldn't you want that real estate, right? Like, why would you want somebody else to have that? Just go pony up and pay for it yourself. And that's what we're starting to see. In a city like Wichita, who's competing with cities like Omaha, for instance, or Tulsa, or whatever, similar size cities, right? You want to position yourself to be competitive with those cities. A downtown ballpark can be a piece of that if you get all the economic development around it to make it worth it. And you see that in Oklahoma City. You have Bricktown, right? Like that was the appeal of a downtown ballpark. The appeal of a downtown ballpark is never and has never been to play minor league baseball games there. I mean, it's just not. If you if you want to really get down to it, people want to go down there for the experience. Everybody, go, everybody loves baseball. Who doesn't want to sit outside and watch a baseball game? But if you try to make it about the baseball, it's never going to work, right? It has to be about the experience. You got to be able to get there, get your family in for a reasonable amount of money, have a couple beers, have a hot dog, let your kids have some ice cream, and get out of there without breaking the bank. That's what's going to get it done. And, oh, by the way, maybe you stick around after the game and go down to that restaurant right there. Maybe there's some apartments put up down there where people want to rent out because of the view and the aesthetics and all of those things. That's what the reason you build a downtown ballpark is. You use it as an outdoor venue for concerts all summer long. They ought to be playing a high school football game there every week. It was fantastic. They basically sold the place out for the Holy War. I wouldn't play that game anywhere else moving forward. Play as many football games as you can there. Get the NBC World Series back downtown where it belongs. I don't know all the details of that, but I know it's a mess. Get it back down there. No reason those games shouldn't be being played at Riverfront Stadium. All of those things need to happen to make this venture successful. Not... Let's just play baseball games there. Who knows what's happening with the development now? Because we're all confused by that, right? That's not okay. That's not what we ponied up public dollars to pay for. So let's get it right. Again, I'm told we should be excited about this group coming in. They're aggressive. Um, they, they are experienced. They know what they want to do, and they have big goals and big dreams, just like the city of Wichita did when it ponied up the money to build a new downtown ballpark for a minor league baseball team. There was a mentality when the wind surge came to town and they were actually finally able to play baseball. There was a mentality that they were going to come in as an organization and they were basically going to set the market. They were going to tell the market, here's how much it's going to cost to do everything for concessions, for tickets, for merch, for all of that. Uh, we're going to add fees. We're going to, you know, put things, put dollars at the end of your receipt that you don't know are going to be there. Um, th there were, there were some blunders. There were some miscues from the beginning that I think, uh, that kind of contributed to eroding some of the public supports for this, this team and the, you know, the, this organization to be in Wichita. They've got to turn that around. There's got to be a little bit of a, a PR push with this new ownership group to show, hey, we care about being in Wichita. We care about putting out family-friendly and affordable entertainment, uh, not just during the summer with Wind Surge Baseball, but with other things. I'm 100% in agreement with you. There is no reason that the NBC tournament should not be 
at, at Riverfront Stadium every single summer. And it is a it's an insult that it's not well, been at Riverfront Stadium every single I don't single know year. what the scheduling will allow for now with minor league care. baseball it controlling matter. that. I mean, well, it, it does it, if it, minor league baseball won't let you do it. I mean, that's the one thing about that that I don't fully understand because now you're at the mercy of minor league baseball scheduling. But on both sides, you got to figure out a way to try to work around that. Even if you yep. don't play every game there, you play every game that you can there. Right. So, look, I'm, I'm from Wichita. I was born and raised here, grew up going to Wichita Wranglers games uh, and grew up going to the NBC tournament. Uh, and, you know, they were able to coexist. And that was minor league baseball. Obviously, we're talking 15, 20 years ago. Right. Um, so, you know, so maybe things have changed, you know, during that time. But I know the importance of having an affiliated minor league baseball team in Wichita. Uh, and having it be kind of the centerpiece of the summer for Wichita and for a community this size. Uh, when the Wranglers left town, uh, it it left a, a significant hole, not only for baseball fans, but anybody that was going to do anything in that part of Wichita on the west side of the river in the Delano district, there just wasn't hardly anything to do or really at all there was you know kind of there was blight in that area and rundown buildings and you know you you name it uh and so i'm really intrigued to know how the development around that ballpark will go um one of the things that i read about this new ownership group is that they're purchasing the team they're not purchasing the land around the team that's not part of the deal uh and so i'm really really interested to see Will that development that w- that's been long promised and that the city sold for a song and a dance, basically, if that's going to end up being developed and actually turning it into, you know, something similar to what we see in Oklahoma City or, you know, cities like that where you've got an entire district around the ballpark. Um, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic that, yes, that will happen. I think it should happen, but I'm not going to hold my breath either. We, um, Tommy and I are both in a position that we hear lots of things, right? Tommy works in minor league sports. I work for a television station as well as here. And we hear lots of things. The vibe and the um, feel of it has to change. That that trust and that excitement of getting this thing done is is not here anymore. And there's a lot of reasons for that. You laid out the the reasons out of everybody's control right off the top. Uh, Lou dying was brutal. That was brutal timing and a big blow. COVID, minor league baseball changing. All of these things contribute. But there are a lot of things that have been controllable that people don't trust either. And and I don't think that those people are wrong. And I think they have every right to feel that way. Um, that That stuff has to change. It has to change inside that ballpark first and foremost because here's the reality. If people are going to the games, if you're having events there that are exciting, then the development happens because it's great property, right? If you've got summer venues where people are in and out of there every single weekend, as they should be, right? When there's not baseball being played there, something should be happening there. And when that starts happening and people start going, the rest will come. If you build it, they will come. Well, if you build it and people go to it, you know, then then you get the rest. And and I, I hope with you that that takes care of itself once the other part is taken care of. Because right now, that buzz, that excitement, that trust from the very beginning of this thing is not there. 
anymore. And, and yeah, and, and listen, I want to be very clear about this. Uh, you know, I work for the Wichita Thunder, um, so I, I'm in minor league sports. I know that uh, you can't get it right all the time and that sure. you're not going to make everybody happy all the time. It's impossible. Um, and sometimes you have to make business decisions that you think are best for your organization financially and yeah. to stay viable and things that maybe the fan base and the public are not going to necessarily embrace. Um, but they, they maybe don't know the inner workings behind it. So I do have a little bit of, I guess, sympathy or empathy, I guess for that, because I'm in that world too. I understand that. I understand that there are going to be some unpopular decisions that are made for the viability of the, the organization. Um, that being said, there have been some public PR blunders that I think are avoidable. There have been some things that have happened. There have been some articles that have been written that have been less than flattering about the organization and their lack of flexibility and their rigidness and you know their unwillingness to work well with community leaders and community other or other community organizations and you know different things that want to use the stadium as a uh, a community center point and things like that, 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 that stuff is avoidable and it can be changed. It can be improved in the future. I, I certainly hope that this new group that comes in is able to do that and make that happen because that's what this city deserves. And especially if tax dollars are being spent by the community, they absolutely deserve to have that stadium and that organization be everything that they need it to be. I certainly have sympathy for tough business decisions. My family runs one business and we're opening another one on Friday. I get that piece. Guess how many city dollars went into paying for my family's business? Exactly. Yeah. Zero. Yep. So yep. I, the public accountability piece is different, but it's there. It is absolutely there. Um, tough business decisions are one thing. Tough business decisions when the taxpayers have helped fund that thing is a whole lot different. And yep. it's not any different. Then the accountability piece for Wichita State, that's that's publicly yeah. funded things happening at Wichita State. So I was furious when Darren Boatwright was fired, and we got absolutely zero reasoning or accountability from the administration. Man, that's your highest paid public employee, essentially, for a public institution. You can't tell us why? Like, that's unacceptable. So sometimes there are different levels of accountability. And the second you ask for any public money to fund your project, there's an accountability to the public, period, end of story, right? Like you can – well, we don't need to get into a, a philosophical conversation, but get it right. The city deserves it. Give the city what it signed up for. Hopefully a new ownership group can refresh the energy and recharge the organization to plow forward and be a real centerpiece for this city. Uh, which is what it should be. We'll come yeah. back. We want to talk about the college transfer portal as we switch gears here on Sports Daily. That's coming up for you next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Our caller who won the four-pack of tickets to Disney's Avatar called back scheduling conflict. So we're going to re-give those away real quick. Uh, we'll do that right now to let's just let's just do it to our first caller on a re-giveaway here. Disney's Avatar. We've got a lot of these to give away over the next uh, week or so, so we'll do that. So you'll have lots of chances to win. We'll do caller number one right now, December 15th. That's next Thursday at 7 o'clock, a four-pack to see Disney's Avatar, The Way of the Water, at Boulevard Theaters in Town West Square. Uh, Good luck on that. Jad will get that to us here as soon as he gets a winner, and we'll have another giveaway in the second hour as well. Uh, All right, Tommy, the transfer portal. It's just, you know, it's crazier and crazier every year. Uh, Football and basketball, really, in all the sports uh, in college athletics now. Where do you, generally speaking sit with the transfer portal and its impact on the game. I think we've made it clear that we both feel like morally uh, it's the right thing to do, and it needs to happen because of you know the lack of direct payment. But as far as what it does to the game, as far as you know, competitive nature and all those things, are you a fan of the transfer portal? Right, wrong, or indifferent on, you know, and on ethics and everything else, just from watching the games? Yeah, I, I don't care. Um, it's fine with me. Um, it, you remember that that song by the band Green Day, Wake Me Up When September Ends? Uh, it's kind of the way I'm at with the transfer portal. Wake me up when the transfer portal season is done. I can't keep track of all of it. I don't right. have time. There are so many players that are declaring that they're going to enter the portal. Um, cool. That's great. When it's all said and done, the dust is settled and players are at their new schools. Let me know when it's over with and I can start getting excited for the teams that I follow and who they were able to grab in the transfer portal. The one thing I don't like about it is there's a mentality. And this is something that permeates every single team, every single fan base. And it's, it's, just, it's part of it that comes along with the territory of having the transfer portal the way it is. Where if a player leaves your team they are trash and they were never going to play for your team. They were never going to contribute to your team. And so good riddance to them 
but every player that your team gets in the transfer portal is all of a sudden the savior of your program. And that's just kind of the overall mentality. That's being that you a see fan, on though. social media. I get it, but like I, every fan base, every program is going through that right now. It's exhausting to me. And so I'm not even really following it super closely. Just let me know when it's all said and done. Don't you think, though, that that mentality existed just through signing day in general? How long have we been getting on to crazy fans like, dude, leave these 17-year-olds alone with whatever they wherever they want to sign? I think it's the same mentality that existed there anyway. Um, so I, I don't know that it's a whole lot different than that. I, I do think – here's what I think, and here's what I've always thought, and it includes the transfer portal and NIL now is that it's going to make this thing more competitive across the board. And I do think we're seeing that already. I think that the days of these unbreakable dynasties, especially in college football, are done. I think the transfer portal allows and NIL allows for more teams to have a legitimate shot to win a national title than we've ever had. Because... Nick Saban can get as mad as he wants at Jimbo Fisher for doing what they're doing at A&M and bringing in players, but Alabama's been doing that forever, right? Like, there have always been the haves and the have-nots in college athletics because some teams are better at bending the rules. Now, with a more even playing field and teams with the opportunity to allow athletes to earn through NIL and go to the place where they can best increase their chances to make it to the next level— through the transfer portal, the better the talent pool and the more evenly that talent pool will distribute. I've said forever that you might be a five-star recruit now. Going to Alabama to sit on the bench now has never been less attractive. So what happens then? Well, maybe that five-star recruit because of NIL stays closer to home. Or maybe they got beat out at a position, but they're still a really good player whose goal is what? to get to the next level. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that player who got beat out at X school to not go to a place where they can play and increase their chances to go to the next level. How many, Tommy, do you think people who changed colleges or changed majors or did whatever they did to, you know, to find their best professional career path gripe and moan about players using the transfer portal to best enhance their professional career path? Like it's ludicrous, number one. And, you know, until you start paying the players directly, giving them a paycheck, it has to be the way this goes. Because the ultimate goal for young people in college is to better their professional chances in life. And that's what the transfer portal does. Yeah, I've got no issue with it. I've got no issue with, uh, you know, players that are wanting to go somewhere else. And I think that there's a couple different levels of players that are, are jumping into the transfer portal. You've got guys that, you know, are not getting the the chance or the shot that they feel like they should be getting um, maybe they have a, a talent or skill set that doesn't translate super well to whatever program they're currently in they want to go find another program where they can shine but then you've also got a couple of outliers where these are our players that have had a tremendous amount of success and they're looking for uh, a fresh a fresh start they're looking for a change of scenery one of those players that i think is really interesting that i was not expecting to enter the portal Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State you know all big 12 performer a year ago four-year starter at Oklahoma State looking to go somewhere else wasn't expecting that uh, but he's in the portal and you know more than likely leaving the big 12 uh, and so th th there are a couple of different levels of, of uh, reasoning and why players want to enter the portal and go somewhere else 
Um, but again, it, you know, the, the news is coming in fast and furiously of players that are, you know, announcing more often than not on, on their Twitter pages and they're writing, you know, multiple paragraphs of why they're leaving and whatever. Uh, and that's great. That's fine with me. Cool. I'm on board with it. Let them go wherever they want to go. I'm just not paying super close attention right now. I'm not either. I didn't even see that Spencer Sanders was in there. That is interesting. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, his reasoning could be that Oklahoma State's bringing in a big time recruit. I don't I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked. Uh, his reasoning could be I need a different system or a different platform to try to get to the NFL. I mean, his reasoning could be I just need to get to the NFL and I think I might have a better opportunity somewhere else. That's the only reason you need for me. Or maybe he just wants to go to college for a year somewhere else to have fun. Also a perfectly valid and legitimate reason. Don't care. Um, it's his right to do it. It's fine. I, I do think, though, as much as we want to, and it is frustrating. It's more frustrating, I think, in basketball than it is in football because the impact in the roster when the rosters are so much smaller are so much more severe. I do think, though, competitively, it helps balance things out, and we'll see it as we are right now, and we'll continue to see just how much better and more competitive overall the college game gets i think it's going to be harder and harder as this continues to have that just lockdown dynasty that we've seen in the past in in a in a bunch of different sports all right 869-1240 congratulations to mark who is our winner there of our movie ticket giveaway we'll do that lots of times uh over the next uh 10 days or so glad to have that what's on top in the second hour well what's on top right after this break is Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. Tough loss for the Bengals. How much do we need to worry about it? We'll talk to Dan about that and look ahead to next week when Sports Daily returns. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.